Welcome to EU Code Week podcasts. We bring coding, computational thinking, robotics, and innovation closer to you, your community, and your school. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the EU Code Week podcast series. My name is Tommaso Della Vecchia, and today I have the chance to co-host this episode with Ariana Blasic. We are part of the EU Code Week team that contributes to changing education in Europe and helps teachers and students adapt to the digitalized society of today and tomorrow. In this episode, we are going to talk about how learning coding and programming can be the driving force behind creativity and innovation. We'll also talk a bit about tinkering in the classroom. Also, we are looking at what are the obstacles when it comes to teaching programming, as well as what changes need to be implemented to facilitate the work of teachers. Today, our guest speaker is Petra Blachkova. She is a teacher and a Future Classroom Lab ambassador. Thank you for coming to our podcast, Petra. Could you tell us more about yourself, please? Okay, hello, Ariana, hello, Tomaso, and hello, everyone. My name is Petra Boháčková. I am a teacher and also a deputy headmistress in the Czech Republic in a school that teaches children from 6 to 15 years old. I teach physics and I teach English and I love to add into my lessons digital technology and also robots and things like that. Thank you. So let's start with a more personal question. I know you are a very innovative person. Does knowing how to code help you enhance creativity? First of all, I think we have to say to the people that are listening that to know coding doesn't mean exactly to know a language. To code for me means to think in a more proper way and maybe to make some things happen quicker. To teach coding also means to play a game Maybe you know a game uh, which is called Black Stories. It's a card game. You have a pile of cards and each card has got one sentence on one side and a story on the other side. You just read the sentence. When she came home, she found out that her husband is dead, for example, because they are black. So usually it's about things like this and... Your work or the work of the player is to reconstruct the story. What happened? What's behind the sentence? Those who are playing are asking yes, no questions. And the one who is holding the card is reading the story and saying yes or no. To play this story also helps kind of computational thinking. It helps children to learn code without learning that they are coding. After this game, you have to revise a bit which questions helped us to reconstruct the the story faster which uh, questions were useless after this reconstruction i think it's a possible way how to how to teach and learn coding in different ways this can help your creativity because you can ask proper questions organize things faster so i think this helps petra I would like to ask you about some obstacles for a teacher. 
when it comes to teaching coding computational sciences? What are the biggest challenges? When we uh, start teaching coding and programming and we haven't taught it before, I think we have to answer a lot of questions. Why are we doing this? Why do I have to learn it? I want to be a shop assistant, so I won't need coding and programming at all. And I think these are very important discussion that you can have with your students in the Czech Republic. We have a, a special subject which is called informatics. This school year on, we should add into informatics coding and programming. A big discussion was where we will find informatics teachers who will be able to teach coding and programming. In some schools, there are still teachers who usually teach physics or I don't know, another subject and because they needed more lessons, more hours, so they teach informatics. And when they have discussion with their children about why do they have to learn informatics, it can be tricky to answer. Children can get bored and maybe they don't want to learn. You never have enough money. <laughs> despite we are getting more, but some schools can struggle with this. Uh, in the Czech Republic, we are trying to help them. Ministry of Education prepared a special website where we can share good practices or when we can read successful stories from schools which implemented coding and programming. So this can be an obstacle. Code Week try to make some one of its missions in a way to ease teachers into teaching and learning about uh, how to code. Would you have some suggestions for educators that are actually starting learning themselves about programming or computer science or that are trying to use it as a teaching tool or that are actually now having this new responsibility to teach some computer science uh, basics or elements to, to their students? First of all, going to the web pages connected with Code Week, I think it helps a lot because there you can find a lot of examples, tools that you can use in, inside your classes and it helps you to code within different lessons. And what I can see in the Czech Republic is that teachers like underestimate themselves because also on the web pages you can find a map with teachers or with actions that are connected to code week and if you click on the Czech Republic you see the numbers there they are quite low they come higher during I don't know October but not very much so when I talk to teachers, they tell me usually that they, they have nothing to put there, that they have nothing to show, but it's not true. Even a small activity can help. And if there is another teacher who replicates the activity which you have put there, I think it might help to spread coding and programming into lessons and into different subjects. I would definitely advise to go there and to explore which activities, which tools you can use and which activities you can do. To help uh, teachers in the Czech Republic, some time ago we also prepared 
a part of web page which which is called IT Fitness. And we put there 10, 12 ideas uh, of lessons that you can use programming in them. In my experiences, I am teaching English. We have uh, robots which are called Dash or which is called Dash. You probably know it. I think it's the cutest robot under the sun. I use this robot in English because you can upload your voice there. So it's not you who is speaking, it's the robot. Children who are not like brave enough and who think that they cannot speak English at all, I prepare an activity with the robots for them. For example, we create a map of a city. There on the map we put, I don't know, a hotel, an airport, a train station, whatever what you can find in a city. And uh, these robots walking, wandering on, on, in the city are like strangers and they have to find their way somewhere. So it's up to the children. The robot is at the airport and has to go to the hotel. And during the journey, it has to say something. So for example, the, the robot goes into the supermarket and it says, I'm very hungry, I have to buy some food. So the robot is talking and I know that the child can, can say it in English because it was him or her who uploaded her or his voice into the robot and said a sentence. Of course, it depends on the situation. There are children who can make robot interact, so they can lead a dialogue. Oh, excuse me, is there a supermarket near here? Yes, go that way. This type of using coding and robots can help children with who are shy, for example. Well, that's, that's a very nice example of an activity that um, uses and teaches um, students how to code in a subject that normally people wouldn't think is mm -hmm. the place, uh, technical skills to be taught, but that's exactly also what Code Week try to communicate. Mm -hmm. So actually digital creativity, programming, robotics, they can be integrated across all different subjects. Hopefully will serve as an inspiration for other language teachers, for instance, that would like to try. And uh, I totally agree with you about the, the confidence issue. So many teachers are sometimes they try to be discreet. They don't want to brag about it. They feel they are not good enough, but actually they are doing uh, wonderful efforts to innovate, to bring to you their pupils something new, something engaging, something meaningful. So that they should just be proud of what they are doing and also uh, give it a try, as you, as you said. I would like to have your point of view, given the hard times that, of course, we all passed through and uh, the fact that students and pupils had this overload sometimes and uh, this relationship, sometimes positive, sometimes less positive with technology that anyway, especially in its digital forms, is everywhere. Do you saw a change in the way your pupils interact with digital technology? And do you think that learning programming, coding can actually provide them with additional instrument to converse with the digital world? What I noticed like for sure is that before these hard times <laughs> that we had, there were many teachers 
who were strictly against using technology in the classroom. When children entered the classroom, they had to hand out their mobile phones and they didn't use them during the lessons at all. And this definitely changed. More teachers are using technology, at least for going on internet and trying to find answers or examples of something they are talking in the classroom. It wasn't like common before, I say it before the COVID era, <laughs> that children had their personal devices connected to internet via data. Nowadays, it's, it's common that they have parents pay for the data and they can use them during lessons for playing games, but of course for learning. For example, last week we had a blended mobility of Erasmus meeting and we wanted to show around our friends from another countries around the school. That was easy because we have the free Wi-Fi within the school, but we also wanted to go out the school and we wanted to show them how it looks like in the part which is called Čakovice. And it was not a problem at all. Almost each child had their data and could use them and they were guides and they showed them around like professional guides with their mobile phones with connection via teams so they show them places which are special for them and it's nice yeah, integrating this activity in the classroom or in the school or anyway with your students which i understand of course you you bring outside the four walls of the of the classroom to learn and share really gives them uh, the chance also to change possibly the mindset they have towards technology or smartphones or video communication they can see that they also provide opportunities for learning for sharing for connecting it's uh, mm -hmm. definitely very telling Thanks for sharing that example. And uh, even despite all these challenges that the pandemic has brought, it has put us into a different perspective, in fact. So we can see what we can do with technology and things for describing how uh, it can be used for the benefit of students. And speaking of benefits, what are the benefits for children to learn coding? You, you've already mentioned how it can help for example, with learning languages. But my question would be, for example, how they can benefit from it after having acquired coding skills. To code, at least for me, it doesn't mean to know a new language, but it means not to make mistakes, to think clearly and to plan, I don't know, my day efficiently. Because I know how to decide, where to decide, what to choose. I know where to go, what to ask, to how to decide. To know coding helps also with the real, say, normal life. This is the first thing. Then there is also another thing that children will know how computers, how mobile phones are working. And some of them, maybe in the future, will help to create them. In our school, we are trying to support when teachers want to cooperate. And we also are trying to support when they want to create, let's say, kind of pair teaching or co-teaching in some lessons. And I decided to 
connect with my colleague who is teaching little children, like uh, six years old. I said to myself, mm, you are a bit afraid of the little children. You don't know how to teach them. You don't know which activity you can do with them. So let's find a teacher who could help. And the other teacher said, hmm, I cannot work with technology. I'm like terrible with computers. I'm terrible with tablets. Hmm, who can help me? So we created a pair. We, we started to co-teach. And time from time, we prepare a lesson for children with some technology, but also the other teacher implements the technology or what we did during these meetings into other subjects or into the daily life of the class. When the children were six years old, we started to work with a book with little prints. And based on this book, for example, we create different planets. And these planets were only pieces of paper with a line on them and we put them like we made a circle and inside this we put an ozobot you know that ozobot follows the line so it followed the line like a like a hamster in a wheel and the whole circle was moving around the, the classroom and we said that these are different planets as we can see them in in space or somewhere was this coding using the, the, the Ozobot inside the circle? We've created, I think, very nice lesson or activity. And also what we did was that we made a competition, which planets is going faster. And from that point, it is coding because uh, children knew that there are some color codes that Ozobot works with. And there is a color code which says to the Ozobot, go faster go very very fast so they used it and they put it into the line which was inside the circle and those circles were moving quite faster than the others this is how we how we used at least basics of coding in a lesson or lessons with six years old children well, then uh, I would quote you then, basically, what was this coding? Because it should work for the teacher, for the pupil, for that specific learning context or activity that is uh, being designed. It's also something that we try to promote ourselves as an idea that you can mix different learning activities and practices and approaches. Brilliant how you mixed uh, some robotics with programming, where with, with tinkering. And actually my next question was really about tinkering. I wanted to ask you about that because we think that is also a nice way to promote creativity, uh, to give to students a sense of engagement. So uh, yeah, can you can you tell us more about uh, why and, and what kind of tinkering activities you, you introduce in the class? I like when students are creating, can be a video kind of podcast, let's say, or a stop motion, but also we try to put hands on in other activities. Children like them, and I tend to not to be so strict when I'm creating the lesson. So I, I know that we want to use this sensor and make a card, but it's up to the children or group of children which card they will produce or what the sensor will start or will do. 
after these lessons or these projects, I usually ask children to reflect a bit. And I usually put a sentence, what the teacher should do differently next time. And there is usually an answer, nothing. Everything was perfect. We would like to do it like this way. So I think uh, children are learning and children like this type of activities. Being involved in the activity from the beginning and also uh, provide them with choice so that they decide uh, what and how they are going to complete mm -hmm. the task. Mm -hmm. Some time ago, you published a paper about pupils becoming game designers, not only players, but designers of games. How important it is to encourage kids to create and design with computers rather than just play, like or share? So we designed a game and we repeated it, I don't know, three times, let's say. In the first time, we had children who only played the game and we had children who designed the game and then play it. And we gave them the same test or questions, the same questions afterwards. And we got results that those who were creating uh, the game, they answered better. Maybe we can conclude that creating the game helps children to learn things. It's a coincidence that today we try to design a game. So today we were choosing the topic of the game and then we will work and we will see what we can achieve. And this is what they like, right? Mm -hmm, so yes. For the end of this episode, let's talk a bit about the changes required in the current educational system. How can schools help teachers with their activities? What insight can you share? It doesn't matter which subject we are talking about, like in the schools, there should be the atmosphere of learning, helping and sharing. We want children to do this, but we as a teachers don't do it or don't know how to do it, to share, to cooperate, to ask for help, for example. So if the schools can build supportive atmosphere, the teachers don't have to go somewhere else for workshops to learn. They can learn from each other inside the school. And I think this is a very important thing. Petra, I think that sums it up very nicely. To wrap it up, I would say that it is important for teachers to start small, to do short activities, but also be inspired by their peers, to learn from each other and have fun while learning, which will also mean that students will have fun when learning as well. Any last thoughts you would like to share with our audience? I think that the most important is the pedagogy, is how we teach, is that we as a teachers, we step back, we, we are not in the middle of the classroom and we are not the most important people in the classroom. Be brave and try to click whatever you want because you cannot make any damage. Thank you again for joining us today. And I think that our talk was uh, both insightful and constructive and our listeners gathered a lot of new ideas for their next activities. Thank you so much for sharing your 
uh, practical experiences from the classroom. It uh, is my pleasure and you are welcome, Ariana. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and are now more confident in trying new things in the classroom involving coding and everything digital. Don't forget about codeweek.eu, where you will find everything you need to get you started or keep you going in your code, teaching and code learning journey. Don't forget to tune in next week for a new EU Code Week podcast episode, where we'll discuss new topics and ideas about digital technology, teaching and education. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.